Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Darvin Ham says the Lakers have championship level depth. What does that mean and is he right? That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts, always free. Never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube, Andy's where you can go to hang out with over 20,000 subscribers to the channel. Uh, love the support that we are getting there. Uh, I got a couple comments I'm going to try to weave into today's show. Um, some stuff we just, you know, the, the conversations this week, the good thing about the offseason, Andy, is like you can kind of dive into a topic and stay there a little while if you want because there's no other real pressing news to get to so whether it's austin reeves or rob palinka or kind of remembering the the summer of kobe back in 2007 it's gonna be kind of fun to kind of like chew on topics for for a week yeah plus it's august we're hungry yeah Got to got to eat slowly. <laughs> yeah, you really you really save through your food, food in August um, Dur- during the season. You're you're speeding through some of this. My favorite comment from the Kobe show that we did, where we were kind of talking, we're kind of remembering that summer, in, you know, comparing it to the what's happening right now with Philly and Harden came from this just to show Andy that good can come out of everything. <laughs> There's opportunity in everything. Michael Garrity three nine eight nine. The Kobe drama was great for me. The uncertainty produced an opening in a pool of four guys sharing great season tickets. I bought in and enjoyed the ride. <laughs> well, kudos to Michael Garrity who recognizes opportunity when it's there. And kudos, by the way, to Michael Garrity for taking that chance because that season ended up fantastic. Yes, so, yes it did. Good on him. Season, season tickets, not easy to get at that point. So you know who, who they are not. Congratulations on that. Um, so I want to get to the, the, the season in season tourney schedule came out. Um, and I kind of want to revisit that a little bit now that we've all had a little time to, uh, to, to live with that. But, um, one other thing that, that, you, you know, that, that was, uh, this week, you, you saw Darvin ham had some really interesting comments framed in an interesting way about the Lakers and the roster and its championship caliberness uh, that I know you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting when Darvin, he was at a Basketball Without Borders event and believe, I believe in South Africa, but I, I don't remember off the top of my head the location. But he talked about how he felt like this team was really close to championship caliber. And obviously you mentioned everything beginning with LeBron and AD and then being able to bring back Rui and Reeves and D'Lo. But then he also talked about Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes. He didn't mention Max Christie, but I think Max Christie is part of this equation from everything mm-hmm. I would agree. I've seen or heard. They are earmarking rotation time for him. The expectation is that he's going to play. And Darwin talked a lot about the championship depth of this team and how this feels like a team with just enough roster depth to be competing at a championship contending level. And I, I thought it was interesting, A, just because somebody like Darvin Ham, who carved out a career 
based on his ability to be part of depth, it, there was a bit of, it felt like game recognizes game. <laughs> but also I just thought it was interesting because for this particular team, when you're looking to try to ease the burden off LeBron, looking to try to get AD through a season, you need a lot of different options on a team and guys who can be innings eaters. I think they're looking for high responsibility on Reeves and D'Lo and Rui, but also capable options in Gabe Vincent and Torian Prince. And just down the line, it helps to have a lot of different people you can turn to. You know, it's funny too. To, to, it's one of my, I think, the best expressions that has made its way into basketball is the concept of the innings eater. And it, mm -hmm. you know, we've 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 actually more than a lot of people I think have have talked about. You look, man, the regular season matters. Like you need to get guys who can get you through eighty-two games, and if you can't rely on them as much as you would like in the playoffs that is a something you got to consider but it's not the whole ball of wax like the regular season matters um and it matters a great deal um i i think you know first of all i think he's right i think the lakers have you know when you start with lebron and ad and you move into what austin reeves looks like he's becoming and then you have you know d'angelo russell as perhaps your Fourth best guy, you know, he's just fifth like best best, guy. Fifth best guy, depending on how you how you think these things shake out. You're you're starting to put together a pretty good roster. And, you know, so I, I think that is is obviously noteworthy. Um, the other thing that I think, though, is really important, and it's particularly important in relation to the Lakers. Is that the words that he's using, the language that he's using is about depth. It's about top to bottom stuff. It's about having the pieces in the right spot. It's all of that stuff. Whereas two years ago, two seasons ago, it was all about, look how much star power we have. Both of these things, like you can't be a championship caliber roster without having enough talent. Like talent and you know, championship caliber talent and championship caliber depth, I think actually have a decent amount of overlap. But I do think the words that they use to discuss these things, especially when you're the Lakers, I think those are important. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like that classic line in the wire when Lester Freeman's talking about solving cases. He says all the pieces matter, mm -hmm. and when you're talking about a roster, all the pieces really do matter. I mean. Even the guys lower down, you know, the the totem pole, you may need them at some point. Or just the the idea that you have guys who provide quality practices to the degree that NBA teams even practice anymore, or just a week and a half if some guy's dealing with an ankle sprain. You don't lose all of those games and all of a sudden there becomes that additional pressure down the line to have to win those sort of games. We like we saw the Lakers go through a mad scramble last season to get themselves into the play-in mix. And you know, that was extreme, the situation that they went through. And you know, they spent three quarters of the season below 500. You don't expect most teams like that to have an ability to get to the play-in, much less the playoffs. It, the Western Conference just happened to break for them, very fortunately. But part of the reason they were in that position is the pieces didn't fit. Mm -hmm. And you had to overcompensate for the fact that those pieces didn't fit. So what do you do with that? 
for the time being, the pieces do fit. Again, that matters. So the other there's there's another part of this though that I think you know the language that Darwin is using is also reflective of the direction that the league is going. Um, and so that is a place that I want to take this conversation next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel and football season is about to kick off. FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, preferably one that you think actually will, and you get bonus bets for every victory. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, on player props, over-unders, whole bunch of different options. The Chiefs right now, last I looked, 6-1 to one odds to repeat as champs. They're a team that feels like they're going to win a lot of games. Chargers, uh, last I looked, 21-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. I actually... I think that's a sneaky good odds for anybody, particularly if you're a low, an L.A., an Angelino following the NFL. Um, either way, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Uh, so speaking of depth, Andy, um, we, uh, we love to get the, 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 the mail from folks. Uh, and, um, obviously people are, are really interested in this whole Christian Wood thing and, uh, where, you know, the, the 14th roster spot is going to go and, and so on and so on. We did get an interesting question. I thought from, uh, next gen radio four, four, seven, seven on the really quick, by the way, this was a comment left for us on the, the YouTube page, the comment yeah, section. Right. You can also hit us up, uh, Kamenetsky brothers at gmail.com. If you're looking to email us questions, we check yeah. that as well. Oh, uh, cam brothers on Twitter, excuse me on X. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, next gen radio left us this question on the, uh, on the YouTube page. There's so much talk about the Lakers chasing Christian Wood. What about Jamichael Green? I always loved his stretch five game on the Clippers and wondered why he hadn't gotten, uh, didn't get enough minutes on Denver. If he's still available, narrator, he is. Uh, I'd give him a serious look. Too many red flags with Christian Wood from a character standpoint. Andy, what say you about Jamichael Green with the 14th roster spot, a name that we have not really kicked around? Um, my concern with Jamichael Green is that just age is starting to catch up with him a little bit. Um, he's not super old. He's, he's only, I think turning 33 or he just turned 33. So he's not old, but he ain't but super he's a, young. <laughs> he didn't super young. And he's somebody that, you know, wasn't necessarily working off high athleticism to begin with. Um, you know, he's a, I think to put it generously would be kind of a tweener as a small ball center, something like that. He he is a good outside shooter, um, and that is something that could be helpful. He is somebody that could play with Anthony Davis. Um, I think he should be considered an option. Um, I think Christian Wood, to whatever degree you're willing to look past the red flags, he's more purely talented than Jamichael Green, and I would prefer Bismack Biombo just because I feel like his best quality, that rim protection, is better than any one single quality that Jamichael Green would bring to the table, even if Jamichael Green can do more things, at least theoretically, than Biombo. I also start feeling like if you're going to get into Jamichael Green, I wonder if you're better off just bringing back Wenyan Gabriel, who gives you just about everything other than the outside shooting 
but there's more of a familiarity and I think probably he's going to be fine with whatever you ask him to do. And the other difference, and you alluded to it a little bit with Jermichael, the other difference with Wenyon is you you have some experience with him as a small ball center. Mm -hmm. um, where Jermichael Green, I actually went back and looked it up because I know he's played some small ball center as, like the, as the game has sort of evolved, um, but not much. The vast majority of his career has been spent at power forward. And if you go back earlier, there's a little bit of center in there, and then there's actually more small forward. Um, Green is listed at six six eight. I've seen six nine, but at least on Basketball Reference, is listed at six eight. Um, the biggest problem I have with him as a signing is he plays the wrong position. The Lakers actually at this point have a lot of guys who can play power forward. They have two who can play center. They need a third guy who yeah. is a center. Christian Wood, I've seen, is listed in Basketball Reference again at six ten. I've seen other places six nine. But the most of his minutes come as a center. Like that's the position he plays. Look, Jamichael Green's not a terrible signing if that's eventually no. the direction that they go. Um, and I've seen a lot of people ask us, like, what's the wait? Why is this taking so long? From Christian Wood's perspective, he is waiting to see if he can get more than a minimum or mm -hmm. the best possible setting for him if he is going to play for a minimum. There's also a lot of uh a lot of people thinking that until things get settled with Damian Lillard, James Harden, or both of them, there are teams in limbo right now because they're thinking they might have roster spots opening up. You know, they exactly. might need to pick up other guys. There might be a lack of movement for a while until at least one of those guys moves. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and so there's you'll some of this stuff will shake loose. You know, next month as things get closer to training camp, guys just need to be on rosters. But yeah, I mean, would I, I, in, in there, I, I, if you ask me, who would you rather have Jermichael Green or Cam Reddish? I'd think about it, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the roles that these guys would have on the roster and the ability to take um, somebody like Green and plug them in with some limitations, but you know exactly what you're getting for the three weeks out of the year that you, you know, that you think you might need to rely on, or the two playoff games or three playoff games, so you need to stick him in there for whatever. Like you know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. Um, and he is a low ceiling, higher floor, fourteenth, thirteenth, twelfth, eleventh guy. Whereas Cam Reddish has more upside. Like that could hit, but there's a much larger chance that Reddish is useless compared to Green. But they signed Reddish and they didn't sign Green. Um, and now, given what they have on the roster, the next player they sign needs to be a center. Yeah, Unless oh, they that's... just can't find one. Right. Rob Palinka has said they're looking for a yes. big man. I would be stunned if this 14th spot is used on anybody shorter than 6'9". It would be stunning. And if it, if if Wood signs somewhere else and Biombo signs somewhere else and the option is center from the G League that I've never heard of or Jamichael Green go get the center I've never heard of because A, they have a good track record with those guys and B, they need another tall human. Uh, so anyway, but it's a great question and he's an interesting name and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the no, world. It's just not I, I've, I've always liked Jermichael Green. If they use 15 spots, you know, hey, go get us some Jermichael Green. Um, the, the, he is coming from the Denver Nuggets um, and he would be a depth guy. He's what Darvin Ham is talking about. Like, you know, the 
the league has shifted from star, 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 how many do you have at the top of your roster to, I think, and it's a copycat league, the Nuggets, the Warriors, they've shown that the, the, you know, what you have one through 10, how those pieces fit together, the quality of your four through six compared to somebody else's like real depth matters. Um, and I think it's just getting that kind of attention and that ref it's reflected in the language that Darwin is using. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to talk about with, with the depth versus talent thing? I, I feel like the Lakers are in a really good place. Yeah. I, okay. I think they got at worst, at worst, they held serve this offseason. I think in actuality, they got a little bit better during this offseason. And either way, like I said before, the pieces fit, and that's really important. All right. So, okay, cool. I just want just double checking, making sure I don't want to shortchange you. Um, but uh, the another little piece of housekeeping news the NBA released its uh, group play schedule for the in season tournament. The first thing that stuck out to me, Andy, was a stark reminder as to how early in the season all of this stuff happens. <laughs> like it's really early in the year. The Lakers games, they're all this is league wide. It's gonna be, I think it's uh Tuesdays and Fridays. The Lakers start their their pool play on November 10th. They go the, the 10th, the 14th, the 17th, and the 21st. So for 11 days. That's when group play happens for the in-season tournament. Somehow, like sort of intellectually, it did not sink into me that this is like the third week of the season, the second week of the season. You know what, Matt? You are slow on the uptake because I know. it took you like two months and Nick Angstat to realize that Ruin Delo's salary matches Kyrie Irving, despite the fact that A, you can do math and B, it was talked about anyway. Like, no, you, see, I think, I think I, that I can explain away with trauma. Basically, I closed off a part of my brain that would allow <laughs> me to travel down the avenue to explore the, not just Andy, the, the idea of <laughs> the Kyrie Irving trade, but the series of shows that we would be doing leading up to December 15th about whether or not the Lakers are going to trade for Kyrie. And I don't want to do those shows. So I think I think emotionally, I just shut off a piece of my brain to avoid the trauma and the pain and the hurt. So I'm giving myself a pass for that one. I might have heard that podcast or other people talking about it and simply have like disassociated or whatever the right word is. This one, I just probably wasn't paying attention. <laughs> um the thing I want, I'm still very curious about is how, how seriously you think the Lakers are going to take this. Because um, I think every team's going to look at it differently. So that's what I want to get into next. Quick reminder that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Um, I've seen different proposals for like how this could be this tournament could be made better like before we've even tried it. <laughs> One of them, you know, like whoever wins gets an automatic spot in the playoffs, whether that's the play in or the actual playoffs or something like that. I don't, I guess you could work that out later. Um, that opens up all kinds of interesting possibilities, I suppose. Um, but for thing, how things are this year, where it's essentially for pride and a little bit of money, um, how much do you, emphasis do you think the Lakers are? are going to put 
on this, both the, the team and, you know, as a team and as, as, as individuals beyond, you know, they're playing Phoenix in the first game, Memphis in the second game, Portland in the third game, Utah in the fourth. Three, if you consider Utah to be a playoff contender this year, and I do, um, you know, at least one of them 10 spots, three of those four games are against Western Conference playoff opponents, so they will have meaning, but it's also November. How, how intensely do you think the Lakers will take this whole, these are important games and they're part of the midseason tournament? I think they're going to play hard in these games. The reason they're playing hard, I don't know. And in certain respects, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't speak to how much LeBron in his 21st season is going to want to win the in-season tournament. <laughs> but I can tell you this much. I think I can, he, actually. <laughs> well, I, but this is the thing. It doesn't matter because this is one thing I'm 100% sure about. He ain't going to be load managing during this tournament. He ain't going to be resting when he's healthy during this tournament because the league in the inaugural one, like LeBron better have a really good doctor's note if he's going to be sitting out of this game because Adam Silver and the gang, they're going to tell him, get your ass out there. If you want to load manage, do this after the tournament. You know, I mean, look, these are usually use the Dennis Schroeder parlance. He's going to have to go to the LeBron James of doctor's notes. Exactly. I mean, the truth is, too, these are games that count towards their regular season record. And we talked about before, the Lakers did a mad dash to get into the play-in that took a lot out of them. I don't think they want to go through that again. And I think they've seen, even if you're a team that is thinking championship or bust in terms of your goals, the regular season plays a role in meeting those goals. So whether you're talking about because they want to be known as the first team to ever win the midseason tournament or because they're, they care about the regular season record or because the league's going to be telling them, no, seriously, don't embarrass <laughs> us, be out there, I think these are going to feel like regular season games. Yeah, I, it, I, like I said, different yeah, I don't really game. care why they're playing hard, to be honest. Right. I, mean, I don't, I, I guess what I'm, I'm wondering is like, will there be like a little something extra? Like, do, I don't think for the Lakers, there really will be. Um, but they're also I'm not sure there's going to be for any team. I, some teams, maybe, you know, younger players who maybe they, you know, this is sort of like their way to, it's not their playoffs, but maybe it's a way of, you know, if you've got a bunch of players who are making, Two million dollars a year, one million, like whatever it might be. Maybe they're sure. more interested in, it, but, but whatever, we'll find out. I could be some guys on the Rockets who may want to win, or like the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think what I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm warming up to this idea. I've long thought that look, this thing is clearly not for me. It is for my kids. Like if my kids were basketball fans, like it's the idea is for them, you know, 13s, 11, my other one's four, you know, your daughter is, is, you know, 12. 12. So like, if you kind of grow up with this thing, it's not going to seem stupid and gimmicky and unnecessary. Like it'll just be a thing that the NBA does. And Maybe it in five years the whole thing disappears, but maybe it doesn't. And you know, I, I am, 
I was worried when they, they kind of had the idea that it was going to be this thing where they like pause the regular season to play like some weird tournament. That would have been a terrible idea. But like this is kind of ultimately no harm, no foul, I think. Yeah, it doesn't feel particularly disruptive. And I think that's what really matters. Um, whether it's going to be a success, like you said, we really won't know f- till five to 10 years down the road. I think minimum, like has this thing really worked in terms of creating something that becomes really part of NBA culture. The most important thing is that it doesn't get in the way. Right. Because like, you know, the, the play in tournament, which I, I like the idea of it from the beginning, but some people have been skeptical about it. The reality is, you know, it affects who gets into the playoffs to some degree or how it's determined, but it ultimately doesn't, it doesn't really change much in terms of how you go about determining a champion of the league. So in that sense, it doesn't really change a whole lot. It just, I think successfully has made the regular season more interesting with more stakes and more of an opportunity to get yourself into the playoffs, which it turns out most teams would like to do it if they can. You know, most teams, if they can get themselves in there, will forego that uh, or will do that as opposed to trying to increase their odds of a lottery pick from like 3% to 7%. They'd rather just try to get into the playoffs. Would you put a, a playoff berth in? Like, would you, like, does that suggestion make Hell it more? No. Yeah. No. I mean, you, the whole point of the play in tournament was to create more interest for the regular season. It totally defeats the purpose if one team is already in by mid November. <laughs> totally <laughs> defeats the purpose. It's funny. So, like, I've seen a couple of people suggesting then, you know, that you'll get, you know, some random, you know, the Pistons win because they're the only team taking it seriously. Um, but it actually, somebody and somebody pointed out on Twitter, it would be a tremendous boon for the older teams in the league to right. know that they were in. Like right, you know, the Warriors, the, the Lakers. Once though, the league correct. No, it's that. a terrible idea for yeah. that reason that you point out. The last thing I want to note before we go, uh, we had a conversation a few weeks ago when I believe it was Kylian Mbappe, the the soccer player, mm-hmm. got a gigantic offer to go play in Saudi Arabia in the league that they're putting up. And I think he passed. Uh, Ronaldo said yes. Mbappe said no. Um, But this week, Neymar um, said yes. Um, It's a $98 million transfer, and um, he's going to make a gajillion dollars playing in the Saudi league and and all this stuff. The The numbers for these contracts... Uh, Neymar's 31 years old. He's signing with a, a club called Al Hilal, um, worth about 120 million dollars a year. It looks like nice work if you can get it. Um, I know we don't even have to get that deep into it. Um, I don't think it's going to come from a Saudi Arabian basketball league, but there was that uh, Adam Silver was talking about, you know, sort of the the influence of Saudi money and like how much of a a of of clubs. You know, the, these funds will be allowed to own and all these other things. The day I am still convinced the day is coming, and whether it's a European league or something like that, where somebody's going to make offers to players like Harden um, and down the line, you know, somebody like Harden is easy pickings right now. But, you know, starting with those guys, a little bit beyond their prime, a little bit awkward, Westbrook, whatever it might be, but then moving down into the legit players on the on the NBA scene and it is going to happen where these guys are going to start getting these kinds of offers. I don't know when, 
but it's going to happen. I am 100% convinced it's coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point, um, I, I don't have as fear is the wrong word for it, but for lack of a better way of putting it, I don't have that much of a fear of some type of, I don't know, rapid departure from of star players out of the NBA, like, you know, some type of exodus. I'm not particularly concerned about it. And I think a lot of players would need somebody else to go first. And you're basically going to have a bunch of, basically a bunch of players. If they get offers all standing around the same pool, like, you want to jump in? No, you jump in. No, you jump in. I don't know if anyone's going to want to be first necessarily. And then Although, if like somebody like Harden is first, and it's not going to be James Harden literally because it'll be no. I think it James could be Harden James is, Harden literally. <laughs> but I'm like, well, James Harden, like if he wants, but like it's probably like I don't know what the rules are, but like like a Chinese league. That's the place where he's most popular right now. He's in China. Um, you know, it would be something like that. Well, he but strikes be, me as a prime guy to do this. I just don't I, like. I don't think the market comes together that quickly for something like this, but. Whoever is James Harden in eight years, I think this could be a real thing, especially since, you know, the European leagues, depending on. But I, it, is a, it is a fascinating development in soccer, you know, politics aside for, for Saudi Arabia. And I don't, I don't mean to minimize that, but the just I'm just talking sh- purely about money to go play in places that are clearly inferior to where you could play because. 120 million dollars a year inferior by the way we're talking about the quality of play we're talking about the quality of players there in competition right the the leagues aren't as good like i just wanted to clarify that as opposed to the country itself i just wanted to make sure that's what i mean like the saudi the saudi soccer league professional soccer they're buying a lot of good players there's no question but there's they're not it's not you know la liga it's not you know the bundesliga it's not premier league um, those are all soccer leagues. <laughs> um, Good to know. Yeah, <laughs> just as an FYI. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Yep. But no, that's, that's why I said those things. Um, anyway, so it's just, it's just something I noticed, and it is, it is an interesting thing that is happening in sports that I do think is coming to basketball. Um, Lock on Lakers on YouTube is where we can go to hang out and uh, leave us questions, leave comments. This is the Lock and Lakers YouTube page. You can also visit us on Twitter at Cambros and as Andy Menaz, Andy Men, gmail.com is where you can leave us emails um, and, and things like that. Um, yeah, we'll see everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see everybody next week.